welcome dreamers to this our game of the year edition podcast all about the year 2000 uh, so in this podcast we try and figure out what the game of the year was um and this year being the year 2000 oddly enough um so what we're going to do is we're going to pitch you our particular games of that year and we're gonna let you vote on it so uh one of us gets to uh, pitch two uh that is the winner of the last poll uh one gets to pitch with a handicap and that's the loser of the last poll and the other person just gets to pitch as normal um so joining me today as ever uh we have the wonderful steve hello steve hello and we have rich how's it going hello good thank you good and there's me, Andrew. Um, just uh, to go over as well, you can find me at Oddman84. You can find Steve at Steve Jack, And you can find Rich at Dreamcast Barber. So now we've got that out of the way, um, we should probably say a little bit about what happened last time. So last year was 1999, um, and we pitched four games in total. Uh, Rich, uh, who was the winner the year before, uh, pitched two games, I believe. No, it was me. It was it me was. who pitched two games, wasn't it? it? Was. Getting completely confused. Mm. That's right. So Rich pitched one game uh, and chose an interesting one, which was Hydro Thunder for the Dreamcast. Um, so uh, I pitched two, and my two were Silent Hill and Power Stone. And Steve uh, pitched one, and that was Metal Gear Solid. Uh, so the poll went out, and uh, 70 of you voted, so thank you very much. Um, coming in last place, uh, a surprise to no one, uh, was uh, Rich with Hydro Thunder, which got 10% of the vote. Uh, uh, at least we got 10%, I guess, Rich. Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess. Um, next up, next highest on the list was Power Stone at 23%, which I kind of get. Um, great game, though, but I'm glad it came significantly higher than Hydro Thunder released. Um, next up was my other choice, which was Silent Hill for the PS1, and that came in at 31% of the vote, uh, which means that the winner of the 1999 Game of the Year was Metal Gear Solid on the PS1, and that got 36%. Steve, how do you feel? Um, I feel like all is right with the world. Good, good, good. Yes, I mean, that was clearly I mean, it was clearly the correct answer. Um, the internet yeah. simply confirmed that that was the correct answer. Absolutely. So there we have it. That was our game for 1999. Um, and so this time we're going to figure out what the game of 2000 was. So you'll hear each of us pitch for one minute and then the other two will have a, a brief chat about it. And then it's up to you to decide which one you think is the game of that year of the choice of the four that we give you um and as is now tradition um i don't know if you can call it a tradition after four episodes but i guess so um the person who loses has to go first and uh has a lovely handicap um so of course that means that rich uh you will be pitching first um mm. how do you how do you feel are you feeling oh. good do you think this one's going to win this time i'm confident yeah hydro thunder this one it is not i think this one's going to run away with it Okay. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> so as this is, um, as this is the, as you were the loser last time, you do have a handicap. Mm-hmm. Um, we're kind of thinking of some decent ones, and uh, I think this time we've got an interesting one. So Rich's handicap um, is that while he pitches, he must also play Ding Dong XL <laughs> on the Switch. Um, and ideally get a fairly decent score. So you need to let us know what score you got at the end, Rich, um, of the minute of pitching. Um, this is the future of podcasting, by the way. Yes, it is. 
Um, so I'm going to set a timer up. Uh, you need to get Ding Dong XL right. ready. Well, the music uh, but while you do that, yeah, let us know. Can you let us know which game you're going to be pitching? I'm going to be pitching Shin. Is it Mew or Shin Mew? We haven't decided yet. <laughs> oh, we haven't, have we? Should we? We'll say Shin Mew. Shin Mew. Most people yeah. say Shin Mew. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, right. right. Are you ready, Rich? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, your time starts now. Right, okay. Okay, Shemu, it was by far the most ambitious game of its time um, in terms of both scale and budget. Um, it was, oh, shite, I just lost. It was the first example of a truly open world adventure. Um, the people in the game, they lived actual lives. They had actual um, schedules they abided by. Um, everything was interactive. You could touch everything, open drawers, handle objects. Um, it served as an arcade emulator as well, so you could play games like Space Harrier, Super Hang On. Um, I began my love affair with Japan playing this game, and I hope to visit Japan one day. Um, I also credit Shenmue for actually um, me achieving my uh, forklift license in real life. Um, what else was I going to say? Um, <laughs> so I'm getting too swept up in this game. Um, <laughs> It's just it's just the best game on the Dreamcast, bar none. Um, the most important game of the year two thousand. It was the dawn. That's it. That's your luck. Okay, I got. Uh, I got what's your score? I got thirty-one. Thirty-one. That was difficult. I don't know if that's good or bad. That was bad. Very bad. <laughs> My score is one hundred and fifty-eight. So that's not too good. Oh, okay. Yeah, not very good. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> Rich, you have pitched Shenmue. That was um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Try not to lose this time, Rich. You need you need a time where you don't have to have a handicap. Um, so, right, Steve. Um, now, if hello. anybody's listened, hello, Steve. Hi. Um, if anybody's listened to the podcast that came previous to this, which was our OG mm-hmm. of the year two thousand, they will no doubt have heard all about what you think about Shemu. But um, mm. come on, game of the year. We're talking about th- we're talking about it as a game of the year now. What? what what do you think? Game of the year for two thousand. What do I think? Um, if you if you haven't listened to the uh, to the OG, you should. Um, it's criminal only giving Rich a minute to talk about this game because yeah. he feels very strongly about it. It's a game that's very close to his heart. Go away, listen to his thoughts in the other podcast. Um, I don't feel the same way about Shenmue. I think Rich's emotional attachment to this game is valid, and I have similar emotional attachments to it. Um, because just because of the time that it came out and some of the stuff that you saw in that game was unlike any other game that you played at the time. Um, but Shenmue is a, is a really bad game to play um, and I, it's like almost irredeemably so. I, I, the, 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 it's so slow. It's so punishing. It doesn't respect your time at all. It's, it takes forever to do anything or get anywhere. It is fun to play around with for a little while because it's a novelty and you get to play arcade games in it and there are capsule toys so on and so forth but as a game like as a as a as a product as a as a shipping video game product is bad it's bad it's a bad bad bad. game not bad (laughs) uh i mean i would echo rich's uh calls there that no i i mean i i understand uh, and as Rich said in in the OG episode as well, I understand that the criticisms that are levelled at Shenmue there there are valid ones. Um, but it, it is to me, it seems like it's a very marmite game. Mm. Um, you either absolutely love it 
or you can't stand it. And um, obviously, Steve, you come into the latter of those. I, I know that you understand mm. the love of it to a degree and you, you have some nostalgia for it, but it's definitely not one that you would play again. Um, and I feel like it's... it's it's I, I feel like it's po- as polarizing as it is and I, I because the two sides of the argument keep getting further away from each other it's like they are pushing mm. each other away from each other the people who love Shenmue double down tri- triple down quadruple down and the people who don't like it go the other direction right it's like they are reacting mm-hmm. to each other yeah. um like it shouldn't matter that much <clears throat> that I, I don't like Shenmue no. but it the but the 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 passion and the fervor and the legendary status that this game has cultivated is baffling <laughs> to me baffling mm. i mean i'm the opposite and i would say it's it's not baffling to me but that's i guess it's because i have a very similar emotional attachment to it that, that rich does in that it, it came at a very specific time in my life where it could influence me in the way that it did it was it was very different to anything else that came before it um it's uh, you know one of the things that you said steve in the og was that it was um you know it, it kind of didn't it didn't give a shit about your time uh, it mm. kind of would make mm. you do things that you know in, in modern games you wouldn't give it a second thought you know that that's a bad thing it's a bad gameplay design but at the time uh, and because of the type of game that it was it made sense you know you were playing in a real place you know fair enough it was 1984 but you were playing in a real place somewhere real it was based on a real place the weather was the real weather that it was at that time in the real world and so therefore you know you couldn't just fast forward time as you could now it was it took everything very literally it took realism literally it it didn't give you concessions um Shenmue 2 would do that you know in the long run they kind of realized that maybe as a game it should but I think to me that stood out in the first game that it didn't give you those concessions it it made you wait for things it it made Mm. you find distractions until you could go and do the thing that you needed to do Uh, and there was something about that that was it was like okay fine um, I'll go and play in the arcade for a bit or you know i'll go and see if there's anything else going on around here or i'll go back home for a bit and you know see what's going on there and to me that was like well okay well it's, it's trying to simulate real life and a real thing going on that makes sense um and it just added to the realism of it for me and it added it added therefore added to the story the sense of place the characters it all just tied in and yeah i i think that that's why it's so marmite it's like if you don't if you don't get the deep emotional connection to it that a lot of people have then you just won't get it which is fine that's absolutely fine like i as much as i rib you steve for for hating it uh hating maybe is a strong word but for not liking it Mm. as a game Mm. um i understand that and that's fine um but equally i think that people like me me and rich who have that attachment to it we can overlook some of the some of the bad gameplay bits in it and yeah. I, I wouldn't even call them bad i would say that they're just decisions that were made that some people get and some people don't and that's fine i don't know it's i mean you again harking back to the og you said don't play it <laughs> watch videos etc etc i'd say play it it's cheap now shenmue one and two on playstation 4 xbox whatever the the double pack if you find it on sale, you can get it for as cheap but, as twelve quid for most I mean, games. It's it's worthwhile. I mean, it's funny with me as well because reason... I mean, like things that Shenmue like did, like with time management. If that was in a game today, I'd be vehemently against it. I would I would not have time mm. for it. But 
it's just yeah that one like little game that came out that one example I, I tell you I loved what it did at the time like I said I wouldn't do it now would not play that now I would have no time for it no patience for it but I just it's just it was a, it was a unique game and like I said I think more with um emotion now do um, on a practical mm. level and I'll, I'll happily say game is my favorite game on all, of all time based on the emotional response I had and it doesn't even have to be because of the character because of the stories it's just literally about what it meant to me at the time what I was doing at that time in my own life and that game was the game I had and I just yeah I guess that's a very on a very personal level and I, I get people's criticism of it I get because of the way it makes you wait the stuff like dialogue, some animations, it's stiff. It's quite a rigid game. It's yeah, I don't know. I I don't I don't I wouldn't harp on Steve for feeling the way he does. I mean, I I give him crap for it, but I understand it. <laughs> I do understand it deep down. Yeah, yeah, and and <clears throat> likewise, I I totally get where Rich is coming from. I don't think that Rich is dumb because he loves Shenmue. I know I know he's Why, not dumb. Oh, <laughs> he's arty. He's he's articulating very well why he loves Shenmue. Not everyone does that. There are some people who would say that Shenmue is objectively and mechanically mm, one of the yeah. greatest <laughs> games ever made. And and that's the, that's the stuff that I get real prickly at. It's like it's like I said on the OG there's a part where you get a job in that game and then and then you and then you have a then you have a job and you mm-hmm. do the job. Mm-hmm. You drive a fucking fine. forklift truck around. It's it's just incent I oh, it just makes me cross to think about um but the reason why i say go away read up on shenmue watch videos about shenmue is because i do think it's important it's 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 a landmark game in a lot of ways mm. just also happens to be a a, a bad one sadly mm. that's that's your opinion um i'm sure there's going to be other people who have that opinion um but I, I guess for Rich's sake, let's hope there's more people who like it than not, because uh, I'm sure Rich. Oh, wanna... I expect I expect Shenmue to win this poll. Oh, do you? Oh, okay. Like, absolutely, I do. Yeah. yeah Interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, let's see, because we've got three other games to go through, and uh, next on the list, we're going to go to one of yours, Steve. Um, so, can you tell me the first game that you're going to pitch? Uh, yeah, the first game I'm going to pitch is Diablo 2 for the personal computer. Oh. Do you know, I think we've only had one other PC game so far come to Game of the Year. I think it was Blade Runner, I believe. So uh, uh, we did we not have Half Life? I think we had Half Life. Oh we? yes, that's right. Okay, that's me misremembering. Mm. Um, okay, well, um, are you ready? I mean, I kind of am. I kind of messed this up um, by picking a game that didn't come out this year originally. So I'm less prepared for Diablo 2 than I would like. But let's give it a go. Okay, uh, I'm sure that listeners are interested. What did you originally pick? Uh, Final Fantasy Nine. Ah, uh, yes, which uh, didn't come out in Europe until two thousand and one, unfortunately. Yeah, um, correct. All righty. Well, Diablo two. Um, you ready to go? Yep. All right. Your time starts now. Okay, so Diablo two is an isometric action RPG um, where you—it's loot-driven action RPG where the protagonists you can choose between a spellcasting guy and a barbarian guy and you traverse your way through a a really grim dark gothic medieval european setting and you make your way through cathedrals and down dungeons and stuff and you click on enemies and the this the the main thing about this game is the amount of enemies on screen at the time it's just an overwhelming amount of enemies and you just hack and slash your way through them 
um, and they just keep coming and keep coming um, and it's really satisfying to play because they die they, all the animations are really great and all the sounds are really visceral um, and they all drop loot and coins and the loot can just get progressively better and better and it was the first game I think that used the colour coding system where purple is the best and then it's green and blue etc etc the thing you see in Fortnite now um, and it was always really exciting when you got okay there we go <laughs> you were worried you weren't going to have enough to say and you could have gone on for ages yeah, well, about that game that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be yeah it was good um, right okay so it falls to me and Rich mm. to talk about this game now from Sorry. Rich's, Rich's <laughs> sound there I've got a feeling he, this is one that he's not played am I right yeah basically um, I, <laughs> I, um, I, I flirted with getting Diablo 3 on a switch but that's about as close to this um, this series as I've ever gone um, Fair. Yeah, never really appealed to me swords and sorcery and magic and mages and and I never really played the isometric mm. stuff I just it's, yeah I just again it's a genre it's a series it's a franchise you name it it just never never jumped out to me um, mm. yeah got nothing much more to add unfortunately i've not experienced this game in the slightest watch a few watch some gameplay but that is about it that's that's uh that's fine because neither have i i have not played this game ever um i've seen bits i have played some diablo 3 so i do have a little bit of experience with the genre the the type of game that it is Mm. um uh, and it's a game that I really want to get into. I'd love to get into. Like Diablo 2 obviously is a, is a lot older. Um, I know that people still go crazy for it. It's the same with the original Diablo. There's, there's something about those games. Like I think, didn't they, for Diablo 3, didn't they like remake levels from those first two games in it? And people went absolutely crackers for them. I think as like an anniversary thing they yeah. did like a, a temporary thing yeah where it like lowered the resolution of the game and changed some of the assets to make it look like two yeah, yeah. it was pretty cool so it's i mean you know that i mean it has those games um have a huge following like absolutely massive and um diablo 3 is from what i've played a really interesting game and if diablo 2 is anything like that uh, you know obviously not as graphically good i'm sure, obviously um then i can see it being a game that I'd enjoy, but I feel like it's a game that I'd need to play with other people, which I don't think it was Diablo 2 multiplayer, or was it single player? Yes, it was. Absolutely yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I know my minutes I know my minutes up, but I just want to sneak these points in here. In sure. some ways it's graphically better than Diablo 3 because art style wise, Diablo 2 is actually a lot better. It's a mm. lot well, it's from that era, so it's got an edge to it that Diablo 3 doesn't. Diablo, right. Diablo, Diablo 3 has got a lot of nice flourishes, whereas Diablo 2 is, is like grim dark. It's the grimmest, darkest, grim dark emo gothic shit, and it's, uh, it's fantastic. Diablo, Diablo 3 get a bit more like mobile y, it's a bit more well rounded. and yeah, Di- yeah, Diablo 3 got mm. a little bit more cartoony in its art style. Mm. Just, just a touch, enough to take the edge off. That's yeah. a shame. Yeah, um, the thing is, it's like it's one of those. That, I mean, Blizzard is such a well-known studio um, for lots of games now, but Diablo is one of the first games that it was really popular for, wasn't it? Along with Warcraft and stuff like that. Um, mm. So it's it's a big game in terms of the heritage of that studio and the heritage of games in general. So I can I can see it as being like a, a, a you know we're not on the og now but it, it's a it's a game changer for sure um even <laughs> if i haven't played it i can i can i can kind of see that it's it's one of those so i get it from that perspective um but i i almost feel like i'm, I'm obliged now 
um, to mention um, that people are very quick to forget. Uh, I mean, it's not particularly Blizzard, Blizzard themselves, but to forget the uh, the issues that have cropped up around that studio. Yeah. Because as soon as Diablo 4 was announced, everybody forgave them for the Overwatch shit. Um, and I think that, as, as, as shit as that is, it, it also says a lot about Diablo. It's, um, it's almost like it's almost like they kept Diablo four in the chamber, mm. and then shit started going wrong, and they went press the Diablo four button. Yeah. <laughs> we need to we need to do do that now. That's yeah. our only way out of this, and it totally worked. Yeah, it did. It did, and I mean that that goes to show just how big of a deal Diablo four mm-hmm. is, um, that they could be so easily forgiven for something as big as that. Um, but it, it also strikes me. I mean, I know this is probably going off on a slight tangent that. Blizzard don't tend to get things wrong game game wise. I mean, their their games are usually big games. They've got like they've got Diablo, they've got World of Warcraft, uh, the Warcraft games in general, Overwatch. I mean, I can't think of many games that they've done that have flopped. I mean, there are quite a lot of Blizzard games that that didn't get released, right? And they mm. didn't get really well. Famously, maybe most famously, Starcraft Ghost was right, that yes. third person action adventure style game which looked mm. incredible and they just they just pulled the plug because they were like this isn't up to our exact our exacting standards their mm. games take forever to make mm. and if they're not good enough they just won't release them which is why you end up having um such a well it's become a seal of quality hasn't it really yeah. you can you can you know even if it's not your genre you can rest assured that it'll be a high quality product yeah and, it's um, like um, Overwatch was, they were making a MMO, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it just, it wasn't working out. So they pulled the plug on that and they just moved all the assets over into a into an online Didn't shooter. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, given that heritage that they have, I've no doubt that Diablo 2 is, is a fantastic game and I'd, I'd, I would like to play it. But it's it's one of those, I'm, I'm trying to talk up a bit about it because me and me and rich just have never played it so it's difficult mm. for us to go into it but you know i think that you can't you can't doubt the influence that it's had on gaming oh, in yeah. general the, the 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 kind of gameplay that diablo goes for like uh, even though it's not your thing rich I, I guarantee you if you played it you would have a good time if you played it for My half an hour fine. you would have a good time it's, can it just be you and your own single player is it appealing yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, you know, you might not go back to it because it might not be your thing, but I guarantee you would find it satisfying I, and fun. It's just, it's so well crafted. I have the Nintendo eShop page up right now on my laptop, but still a bit too much. <laughs> oh, right. 34 quid. Yeah, it's an expensive Sorry, game. No. Well, I, I have it on the Switch, uh, Rich, so if you ever um, if you ever see it on sale and you, and you want to play with somebody, yeah. I'm up for Tempting. it. So there we go. There we cool. go. Um, so that's Diablo 2. Um, so let's move on. I've got uh, mine now, so somebody's gonna have to bring up a timer um, for me. Uh, yeah, I've got hand. it. Awesome. So the game that I'm gonna pitch is uh, the game that brought me to the Dreamcast in the first place, which is Resident Evil Code Veronica, um, mm. which was released this year. Um, so yeah. All right, are you ready? Yeah. All right, three, two, one, go. So Resident Evil Code Veronica is um, basically it's the first 3D Resident Evil game, completely 3D. Uh, it was also exclusive to the Dreamcast to begin with. Capcom um, were pretty good friends with Sega and went, hey, do you want a Resident Evil game? 
yeah, sure. So they gave them a really good one. Um, it's uh, possibly one of the best of this particular era of Resident Evil. It has an amazing story. It's uh, the, the move to 3D means it's even more uh, creepy in areas. The fact that the camera doesn't have to be static anymore. It can follow you around. The lighting, um, you know, there's a lot of familiarity in terms of there's mansions and there's labs and all that kind of stuff. But there's so much more to it as well. There's, uh, you know, amazing character, a fantastic story brings back characters that you know and love and introduces you to whole new crazy people um it's just got something for everybody i think um and if you enjoy horror games at all then you'd absolutely love code veronica because it is probably one of the best yeah there you go wow that was a very natural end point you found yourself in i I always seem to do that but yeah there you go Um, okay, Rich, have you played Resident Evil Code Veronica? I have played some of it, yes. Not played the mm-hmm. full... Not, what do you not reckon? played the full title, have played the demo. I liked it. Again, I, I won't pretend to be a Resident Evil fan, but I like what it kind mm-hmm. of did differently in terms of the series. Changing up, you know, not just a reliance on pre-rendered backgrounds, but kind of going a bit more 3D. Um, yeah. Like what Tom said with the whole like psycho um, effect of it. And I was oh, like, yeah. that's actually a really yeah, good yeah. way of putting it. Just subverting your expectations, playing with camera angles. Um, yeah, and I liked it. I, thought, I like zombies, but I've never been a big fan of Resident Evil. Um, but yeah, I can absolutely respect the series. I respect this game. It wasn't exclusive for the Dreamcast. So just in terms of its importance for the actual console itself, I have to like it for that. Absolutely. It was. I know it mm-hmm. went multi-format in the end once the Dreamcast decided to start you know, fading away. But yeah, no. Yeah, and it had those uh, it had those graveyard zombies that you were very yes, fond of too. Love graveyard zombies. I, I was I was I was thinking about that after the OG actually. What, what implications does that have for like Resident Evil lore? Like, how did those dead bodies under the ground get infected by the T virus? Um, as a, I mean, as a question for Andrew, maybe? really. Um. I mean, I'm. I, I think that it's so. It's a graveyard outside of a prison. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So, and it's a prison on an island where they're experimenting on people. So, I'd imagine it's people they've experimented on. Because I think there's ah, a, that makes. I'm sense. pretty sure there's a whole thing where because there's people in the there's like a bunker area and people get taken away one by one and uh, like there's the you know you get like the diaries and stuff that you get in the original Resident Evil games mm-hmm. and they had those in Code Veronica as well. And there was one I mm-hmm. remember reading where they're like, oh, it's going to be me next. They're going to take me and I don't know what they're going to do. So they pretty much they experiment and then they bury anybody who dies in the graveyard. So I'm pretty sure that's that what it sense. is. Uh, okay, right. So it's not just a case of like Return of the Living Dead style no. corpses coming back to life. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked this game too. Um, it felt like a really good natural progression of Resident Evil. I think it held itself back in a lot of ways. The inventory system is trash. Um, the, the, <laughs> playing 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 this game consists of running forward for a bit and then going into your inventory and then coming out of your inventory and it just stops the game dead. Mm-hmm. Um, which is how it was in the games prior, but it, for some reason it stood out to me more in this game. I think it's because looking at all the really neat new technology and 3D graphics and everything, whenever you had to go into a 2D menu, it was just like, Ugh, we're still doing this, really? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still a brilliant game. Um, aside from some little niggles I, I seem to remember as well that the voice acting was kind of awful too i didn't really mind it at the time but because the voice acting got progressively better from from one to two to three and then uh code veronica for some reason 
it went back down. Steven, Steve in particular, I remember having oh, a really irri- yes. really annoying voice. Very annoying. Um, but yeah, it was so cool. It was so cool to see Resident Evil on a next generation, uh, or what felt like a generation up. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was really good. Awesome. So that's Code Veronica, uh, and that means we've got one one more game, uh, and that's Steve's second game. Um, Steve, oh, yeah. what, are you, what are you pitching as, as your second game of the year? So, I am pitching uh, Counter-Strike for the personal computer Ooh. also. Oh, okay. PC's getting a lot of love, so is the Dreamcast. So, um, just to clarify, this game mm. was released by Valve in 2000, but it actually started off as a mod for Half-Life Team Deathmatch. Cool. That's fine. So, we're looking at the uh, actual proper release yes. rather than the mod. Yes. Counter-Strike 1.6, it's known as. Ah, there we go. Um, that makes sense. All right. Um, are you ready to go? Uh-huh. All right. Your time starts now. Okay. So as I said, Counter-Strike started off as a mod for Half-Life Team Deathmatch. It traded the sci-fi setting for uh, a grounded and tactical matchup between terrorists and counter-terrorists. Um, and with all the modern FPS multiplayer shooters of today, like Call of Duty, Rainbow Six, etc., it's arguable that Counter-Strike was the pioneer of this, um, and it was the game that kicked off the demand for realistic multiplayer shooters. It was very unique in the time, and then it had slower, more tactical gameplay in a realistic setting. It had a buying phase at the beginning of each match, where you would spend money to upgrade uh, or to upgrade from guns to newer guns that were all sort of real-world an- analogs rather than pick picking guns up off the ground uh, it also had permadeath meaning that if you got taken out you had to wait until the next round before you could get back in making firefights brutal and late match gameplay tense and tag tag tactical uh, it also meant that when you killed somebody else you were literally stopping them from playing the game which was very sat- very satisfying to do um, a lot of the maps are iconic like dust and dust 2 they're like That's benchmarks for good map design <laughs> there's oh. a lot to say about that game obviously you've got mm. a lot um all right well uh rich um what are your thoughts on counter-strike yeah i've played a lot of counter-strike i will i must confess i have um yeah, my memory is <laughs> gonna be hazy because it's been a long time i literally haven't played it since way back but um mm. was a was a regular fixture after school with the um, my classmates and IT department. We used to do the old LAN parties. I mean, we used to do like Team Fortress, everything else, but Counter-Strike was always kind of my favourite. I liked the, the more grounded setting. Um, mm. Yeah, just really good, really, really good. I mean, I'm trying to remember some of the modes now. Um, there was like Bomb Diffusion, wasn't there, and Hostage Rescue, if I remember rightly. Yeah. Yep. I remember that. That's yep. good. Awesome. This... <laughs> 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 um, uh, I just remember it being more tense compared to the likes of um, Team Fortress and their defeat and that stuff. It was more tactical. I found you was communicating a lot more between players. You had, obviously, the custom sprays again as well, so you could spray icons on the walls. Used to be a lot of crude stuff I used to spray that used to piss off my IT teacher. Um, <laughs> it was always doing custom jobs in paintbrush. Um, that's one of my fondest memories. God, I need to play this game again. It's been so long. Um... I just remember really enjoying it. Again, I only ever played it in a LAN setting. Never played over the internet. Just, but yeah, lots of fun mm. memories. Sc- school memories. Like, school memories. Long time ago. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I don't remember playing. I don't think I actually played this game at the time at all. I don't remember anyway. But I do remember you playing it, Steve. And I, I'm pretty mm. sure I remember your brother playing it as well. 
I feel like we have played this game at some point. You certainly didn't so. play it very much, no. but I, I think we've played this online at some point. Potentially. I, I definitely yeah. have played Global Offensive. Um, I got that on the Xbox 360, um, and I've played a lot of that. And, I mean, that's basically the same thing, just uh, better graphics, different maps kind of thing. But it's, yeah. it's, it's the yeah. same gameplay loop. So it's the buying of guns. It's the, you know, taking people out for the whole round thing. Um and so I know the game from from that, and obviously from what I've seen you playing, and potentially what I played, it it is. Uh, I mean, yes, it's kind of the precursor to a lot of um, modern uh, multiplayer shooters, but also it still does something even today that most of them don't, which is the whole buying of weapons and not picking yeah. them up off the floor. Like the, that is uh, that's a really good idea. That is a that it gives you a reason to do well because you get more money the better you do. I think is that right or is it the other way around? Yeah. More, no no yeah, no yeah but you do. That's right. So it gives you an incentive to do well because you can get better weapons. Um but there's also a proper consequence to you dying because that's it. You're you're gone. And, mm-hmm. and like you said, Steve, the the whole thing of oh if I kill somebody that's them gone. Yeah, there's you know, if if you play a modern shooter, if you kill somebody they'll be back in ten seconds once they've respawned. Um yeah. and, and there's a fun to that, obviously, but there's something a lot deeper and and much more tactical and satisfying in some ways of knowing that that person isn't kind of coming back and if you do well you get better weapons uh, in a way the the thing that does that best now um i mean counter-strike is still huge you know people play global offensive and even the original counter-strike they play you know a huge amount still um but the nearest thing to it now for me oddly is Fortnite because mm, you yeah. have that thing of people people die that's it they're dead you can't come back um, so there's that element of knowing that you're good enough to take these people out. Um, and yes, you, you don't have the buying of guns thing, but you have similar bits. You do find guns, but you can also upgrade guns in the game. I've just wanted an excuse to talk about I Fortnite. But, uh, what, what, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in uh, in Fortnite and Battle Royale games generally, it's even more brutal because there isn't mm. a round two. It's like when you, when you when you kill someone in those games, they're back to the to the menu. Yeah. But in a way, that's that, that that's a, a more. It's, yeah. There's a quicker gratification about it because you can get straight back into a game. Whereas I yeah, guess true, with yeah. with Counter Strike, you are waiting until everybody's finished and then start, mm-hmm. unless unless you quit out in a rage and, and go for somebody else. But um, yeah, it, as a first person shooter game, I mean, it's it, there's not there's not much that can touch it. It's it's in a league of its own. And Global Offensive, I mean, I know that's not the one we're talking about, but that felt like it took it to a whole other level because that game is is awesome. Um, I don't know if you've played much of that one, Steve, or, or mm-hmm. Rich. But... Uh, I, yeah, I've played a bit of it. It's The most interesting thing about that, that game for me is that it's like secretly one of the most successful games ever. Like, yeah. People don't really talk about it that much, but it's, it's massive in esports, mm-hmm. and it makes billions of dollars for valve and loads of people play it it's just sort of quietly in the background being incredibly successful yeah and uh, i mean you can see why it's uh i mean it's built on such a good base which was the yeah. original counter-strike and uh just brought it into some more modern I'm, I'm surprised that valve haven't continued to iterate but then i suppose that's valve they just don't now they just don't make games anymore <laughs> um but yeah i mean i can definitely see that as a contender for game of the year because it's just it's such an iconic game and it's gone on to kind of produce that line of that lineage of um of first person shooters um and in a very similar way to how Shenmue has gone on to uh 
kind of not create but it's kind of you know it's influenced a generation of open world games and and how those work so it's very similar in that regard i think and Mm. uh yeah i definitely think that's going to be up there because there are like you say it's secretly a huge game so Mm. i'm i'm Mm -hmm. very sure that a lot of people will uh will vote for that i think so yeah i think that's uh i think that's it in terms of the pitches um good good good? Yeah. yeah yeah cool um uh, usually we do what what would have our second choice have been obviously steve you had two so we'll come to you in a, in a minute to talk mm-hmm. about some of the games rich if if you could have had a second choice what would your second choice have been i'd probably have to go more towards crazy taxi i think just mm. i mean yeah the dreamcast was the sole format i owned that year um and that after shenmue that was the game that made the biggest impression on me that was just a mm-hmm. spectacular game again i've talked about Absolutely fondly on the uh, OG it just it was just a, it was a it was like it was just a time capsule of that time and the best mm. years the late 90s early 2000s and it was just just mm. such a fun game absolutely definitely um I, I mean for me I I would have struggled to come up with a second one because there're just so many in this year that uh, that mean a lot to me I mean I, I could have picked a bunch of these over Code Veronica potentially I mean you know I would have picked Shenmue in a heartbeat if you hadn't picked it Rich because that's uh, that means a lot to me too but I mean that that year also on the Dreamcast was Jet Set Radio Space Channel 5 Crazy Taxi as you said Power Stone 2 which I love any one of those I could have I could have picked I mean I didn't pick Power Stone 2 because I think Power Stone is the better of the two um, even though 2 brings a lot of new stuff I feel like the first game it, it kind of I don't know. It was more pure, um, and that's why I brought it mm. last time. Um, so I thought to bring up the sequel this time would just be... It, it, it wouldn't have done the first game justice in a weird way. Um, but it's worth a mention because it is so bizarre, and they added so much crazy stuff to it that it's still a brilliant game in its own right. It's just... maybe It's, it's more like a party game. It feels more like a party game than it does yeah. A, yeah. Um, a, a kind of fighting, brawling game, um, which is fine. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a different beast. Um I think it's worth mentioning as well. I mean, we brought up a lot of PC and, and Dreamcast games. It's not that the PlayStation had kind of died at all, um, or the N64. I mean, we mentioned in the OG, we mentioned Majora's Mask. Uh, mm. Probably n- none of our game of the year, obviously, but even the PS1, we had... Um, what we what we didn't mention in the OG was uh, the sequel to Driver came out mm. this year, Driver 2, which was a good mm. game. And the sequel to Dino Crisis came out this year, Dino Crisis <laughs> 2, which is a completely different kettle of fish to the original yeah i loved i loved that one though yeah it was good that was pre-rendered backgrounds again wasn't it It went back that's right backgrounds it was more of an action it was yeah that's right it was an action game yeah Mm. i think another big ps1 game that actually came out this on you know in 2000 would have been wwf smackdown for me um more because it was the games it spawned afterwards that was the beginning of the biggest wrestling game series in yeah. history it's, i i love that yeah. game too that game was great i always feel like i always get it in my mind that it came out in 99 and like 2000 was when smackdown 2 came out which was much more refined had more features but it actually was mm-hmm. the year that the original came out so huh yeah wow. but yeah that was a phenomenal game it's gone to shit since just like the actual product on tv um <laughs> yeah. so, in, in that regards it's actually still very realistic um but yeah, the, the original SmackDown games are fantastic. I put so many hours into them on uh, the original PlayStation. Yeah, absolutely. Did the, did the original SmackDown have the character, the character creator? It did, yeah. 
It did, it, it did, didn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, that wasn't that wasn't necessarily new. I think the Raw game had it before that. But the re- the yeah. the creator wrestler in SmackDown um, just felt really good, and it was a real fast game, a real fast snap snappy game, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, there is. If I remember rightly, yeah, it just felt really good to play. Very arcadey. Actually, that's the point. There's a, uh, there was actually one other WWF game that came out in the same year, and that was actually um, Raw Rumble on the Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah oh, it was right. the only non-acclaim wrestling game on the Dreamcast. That was decent. It was very, very arcadey. It was, it was better than the acclaim games, but it was still a bit crappy. So I would probably wouldn't put it on this list, but still, it, it meant <laughs> a lot. There's to a, me. there's a there's a third WWF game. Just looking, I'm looking at uh, uh, Google um, WWF. Uh, I can't say it. WWF No Mercy came out on the N64 at the end of 2000. Oh God, there was. <gasps> Oh, that's probably the oh, best yeah. wrestling game in the, that era. And I just <laughs> forgot about it. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Fantastic. It was right at the very end. It was the December 15th it came out um, in EU. Oh, shit. But yeah. God. So there's three whole wrestling games there. Um, I have no mercy. It's something bloody show. Wow. <laughs> Looking behind. But yeah, I mean, to be fair, I'd, I'd imagine you'd, you'd have chosen Shemu above all of those anyway. I'm yeah, guessing, goes without so. saying. Goes without saying. Yeah. Um, Steve, um, if you could have chosen a third game, <laughs> what, what would you have gone for? Um, well, I mean, quite a lot of games came out that year. Uh, Deus Ex came out that year, which is not the best one of those games, but it's the first one of those games, so it's notable. Mm-hmm. Um, the other other games are now escaping me, even though they were in my mind <laughs> mere moments ago. But that's how it goes. Yeah. No one lives forever. Have you ever played No One Lives Forever? Uh, briefly, yeah. No. No One Lives Forever is an incredibly uh, undervalued, underrated first-person shooter, uh, and it's brilliant. It's a comedy first-person shooter. It's in the like Austin Powers era, so it's got that kind of Austin mm. Powers sort of aesthetic to it but not as cringy um really really good and then they made a sequel which was criminally underrated and it's still still great like a lady spy wasn't it was it it was a lady yeah it was a lady spy i mean it looks like an eye-rolly aesthetic but it's actually incredibly clever the writing is so witty um yeah and it's really good but yeah that's it for me nice Another, I mean, you know, we said 1999 was a great year, but 2000 was a damn mm. good year as well. Um, it was, it was. I mean, I mean, this is why we've chosen this this time period, I suppose. There's just some absolutely fantastic games. Um, but there we go. Uh, so we've got four games for uh, contention of uh, Game of the Year 2000. We have Shenmue. Uh, we have Resident Evil Code Veronica. We've got Diablo 2. And we've got Counter-Strike. So... Um, for seven days after the release of this podcast, uh, you'll be able to vote on Twitter at Dreamcast Years uh, in a poll to determine which of those games is going to be the game of 2000. Um, so we've had we've had three game of the years now. I'm, tr- I'm struggling to figure. What was 1997? I'm really struggling to remember what we oh, picked. For, what was picked for 1997? That was. Um, um, I remember 90. 90- can't remember. What was it? 98 was Resident Evil 2, mm. and Ninety nine was um, Metal. Ninety seven was Goldeneye, wasn't yes. it? Goldeneye, of course. There so that's three, three big games, three great games, three very different games. So we've had Goldeneye, we've had um, Resident Evil Two, and we've had Metal Gear Solid um, so far. So 
those of you voting, you're going to be voting for the fourth one uh, to add to that, uh, to the Hall of Fame Game of the Year, whatever you want to call it, um, for Dreamcast <laughs> years. So please do vote. Um, it would be great if you did. It means a lot. Um, obviously, you can just vote without listening to this if you really want to, but you're listening to this, so you're hearing me say this. So go off and vote. Um, let us know which one you like the best, and also in the comments of that poll, do let us know if there are any other games that we've missed that you'd really like to uh talk about with us um you know on twitter always up for a conversation uh, any we've missed or any that we've talked about that you'd like to chat about as well um and of course if you'd like to tell steve off for his opinions on shenmue <laughs> uh, me do. and rich won't hold it against you <laughs> all right <laughs> well i think that's everything from us um thank you so much for listening and of course remember to tune in for our next podcast which i believe will be another deep dive um although we're not 100 percent sure which that'll be yet we've got a, a couple in the pipeline we'll figure it out um but yeah do mm-hmm. do join us for that um and thank you very much steve and rich for for joining thank us as you. well thank you all right we'll see you next time take care bye bye bye